Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Grapplecast. It's me, your host, Taryn, alongside Joe and Dan. Hello. What's up, Oose? How are we doing? Yes, well, yes, I bloody acknowledge me after the weekend, dear God almighty. How are we doing, all right? Yeah, very well, very well, very tired. I'm used to waiting in queues, especially today with trying to get many of the bank tickets. But no, all good. You know, we've got a day of recording. But um, can't complain. I just want those money in the bank tickets. What's going on with WWE? Well, this is the thing. I mean, well, Jamie's not with us today, probably because he's too tired from trying to get money in the bank tickets. But no, we <laughs> we know he's busy tonight, so he won't be joining us this week. But yeah, that was a that was a funny one, wasn't it? So for anybody who doesn't know, if you're not in the UK, if you're one of our international based listeners, um, the pre-sale happened as of today recording, which is Wednesday. I don't data is 22nd wednesday the 22nd of february we're on and they're doing things a little bit different when i say different i assume it's different uh, international because if we're looking at to our american listeners specifically here when i've looked previously and indeed with i mean clash at the castle for example i know it was different because there was no british roar or smackdown around that but you know it was just pay-per-view clash at the castle tickets available you bought the single tickets your pair of tickets whatever and and you went from there and i know that's the same as well like let's use for example wrestlemania coming up you can just get tickets to wrestlemania you can get a package to both nights of wrestlemania you can get a package to wrestlemania and nxt and raw and smackdown you can go the whole hog can't you Hmm. this time round in the uk because money in the bank comes from london Smackdown the night before, because it's a premium live event on a Saturday again, Smackdown the night before is also coming from London. I assume the O2 as well. The O2 O2 as well. And rather than tickets just all going on sale like they do, but saying, oh, well, you can just go to Money in the Bank or you can just go to Smackdown or you can buy a package and go to both shows for whatever discount, even if there was a discount, probably not by the looks of the ticket prices. But... um, you know, you, you can go down that route. Today, the pre-sale happened, but the pre-sale was Money in the Bank and SmackDown joint combined tickets. And then they said, oh, and by the way, tickets will go on sale just for Money in the Bank on Friday, but they're going to be very, very limited availability, which, let's be honest, means there isn't going to be the way to get a ticket for Money in the Bank is if you buy the combo yeah. ticket. That's how they're doing it. That's how you want you to do it. So we were all a bit, mm, weren't we, about that? Because, mm. I mean, me and Jamie, I know, for example, weren't sure whether we were going to be able to make it to Money in the Bank anyway. We thought, well, you know, we'll we'll try and we'll see. We'll see what our financial position is. You know, we all got to Clash last year, which was fantastic. Great experience for us all. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but me and Jamie were kind of thinking, well, if we manage to scrimp and save and get tickets, it'll be a bit of a bonus. We, you know, we're... We won't be too upset if we don't get tickets because we managed to get to Clash last year. But if we do, it's almost a bonus. Fantastic if we if we do get to go. Yeah. But when we saw that, that it was just, you know, these joint combined tickets. And then we thought, well, you don't know the price until the pre-sale goes live yeah. after you've been waiting in the queue. We'll kind of look at the draw. See, like I said, we, we'd already come to the idea that we basically weren't going anyway, but we thought we'd join the queue just in case they were going mental and said, Oh, yes, look at this quality deal 50 pounds for SmackDown and money in the bank. You know, it was never going to happen, but well, it, it did ish. Well, kind of, yes, I, I did see those, but I mean, 
I mean, Dan, if Dan and Joe, if you want to tell our listeners the experience that you guys had, because I, I won't spoil it, but I managed to, <laughs> because they said that the pre-sale was going live at 12 o'clock, didn't they? And you could join the waiting room from about half past 11 in the morning. And I so was joined did, in. And yeah. It and so, put me in the countdown. Like, and then all of a sudden I got like two, 200 people before. And then they went, no, we're going to be redoing it. At what? I think they realised. They did. They put an announcement out, didn't they? Yeah. So then they, they delayed it for an hour. And then they and then I managed to get in about 15 minutes before they went live, and I, I saw the prices and I screenshot <laughs> it to you guys and I went, nah, you know, good good luck to the folks of you. I'll be watching it live on the WWE Network for just 9.99. Um, so yes, tell us about your experience. I mean, feel free you can tell our lovely listeners about those prices <laughs> that we saw. Well, I had a little bit of a look. I thought, you know what, I'll go and I'll wait in the general sale for it. And then how it's looking, it's it's actually it's not too bad at the lower tickets. Um, if you split, if you divide it by two. So the lowest ones are 70 quid. So that works out at 35 quid a ticket, which actually Clash at the Castle, the lowest ones are about 44 quid. So that's about right. I always remember with like I've seen some I've been to Smackdown many times before. It's been in Sheffield, Manchester, London. Uh, you know, we've been across the country watching Smackdowns and Raw. And usually, if you wanted to go near front row, it'd be like anywhere between 50 and 100 quid. And if you're up in the rafters, you're looking at 20 or 30 quid. But this was maybe 10 years ago when I looked at it. So obviously inflation and things, you're probably looking at double that. But the ticket prices now, they started at uh, 70 quid. And that's for two tickets, Smackdown and uh, Money in the Bank. And they went up to 1,500 for front row in the rafters. I just... But um, I thought, you know what, let, let's try it. I saw the horror stories on Twitter and you, you were showing me that what people were saying as well, saying it's absolutely ridiculous. But um, a few of uh, my friends were looking to get tickets as well. Um, and two of them actually did get tickets and they got them really cheap. Uh, speaking to um, Laura and Joe and they managed to get tickets for £200 for the both of them. So I refreshed it a couple of times. And at one point it did give me the because it was like giving me two options. It was giving me like a band a and a band b and then i refreshed it and it's it. giving me band a and band d and then i was refreshing it again and it was band a and band c Floor four. so yeah yeah <laughs> and so it was going between 1500 pounds ticket to seven the one i saw the most was 450 and 750 that was the one that yeah. kept coming up more and more which obviously is because I mean, if people have the money, fair enough, fair play to you. They were getting them, but most people must have been refreshing, thinking, I can't afford that, I'll refresh. So they were the ones that Keep were going. popping up the most because they were the most readily available. Twice I saw 200 per ticket. Yeah. Um, But I didn't see anything less than that, but I know that there was the option. But I honestly think it was just look at the draw. If you I have the so. money and you were, you know, and you're in a financially stable enough position to think, I can spend £450, £750 per person, then fantastic fair play to you. And, you know, people weren't refreshing. They were just snatching that and going, boom, great, getting it. Um, But, you know, let's be honest, the majority of people, especially in the UK over here for our international listeners, we are in a cost of living crisis where everything's going up from bills to food to you know everything so people are holding back a little bit to see those types of prices i was and i wasn't surprised this is the wwe this is a global company it's not going to be cheap in that sense especially you know front row but the prices let's put it this way the prices that i was seeing for your 
cheaper tickets, let's say, for higher up in the gods, if you would, when they were 400 quid, to me, that's what I thought the prices were going to be for your front row set on the floor. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but those were not the prices we were seeing for Clash of the Castle. I know, I know this is a dual ticket, so this is allegedly two events that you're, you're paying for, and maybe we wouldn't have seen those prices if it was just single tickets. But still, to see 500, 750, a £1,000, to me, I was just a bit... I it almost would. felt sorry for everybody else as well, because yeah. I, I knew that I probably wasn't going. I was just being a bit nosy while they're thinking, you know, That's how much right. are they going to be? Unless they were suddenly an amazing price or two, I wasn't really going to jump on <laughs> it. But then seeing that then, I thought, God, you know, people that really are there queuing up thinking, great, I've got... I, 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 maybe I'm out of touch, but I think a lot of people who were just thinking, oh, yeah, I really wouldn't mind going to, to that, and I've saved up £100, let's say, for example, yeah. were thinking, oh, great, I'll be able to get... You know, they wouldn't be thinking front row. They wouldn't even necessarily be thinking on the floor, but thinking, you know, even if it was a seat higher up, we know the O2, we've all been before. Yeah. You can sit anywhere in the O2 and get a bloody good view. It's a decent-sized arena, but it's not massive. We're not talking stadium. So I think people might have been thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I've saved up. I've, I've got £100. And, you know, this is London for most people. £100 is probably their limit because they're thinking, I've got to travel there. I might need to stay if they're travelling from another yeah. end of the country. So their overall budget might be £300. And that's got to be ticket accommodation and travel. Well, tickets for four, five, six, seven hundred pounds before you've even contemplated your travel and your hotel stay well wwe are quite clever with it because the code for the pre-sale was wwe pre-sale i mean sorry anyone can predict that that's like going into a coffee shop and predicting that their password's flat white you know or predicting their password is the name of the coffee shop like it's easy to predict but they're very clever they go oh um yeah we're having money in the bank we're having smackdown coming over to the uk and if you really want tickets you've got to register to do the pre-show but the reason they're doing that is they want to see how many people uh, register in their interest and the more people who register their interest the higher the ticket prices go so say for example you've got the o2 which is i can't remember how many it's, it's 50,000 is yeah, it about know. 20 i think let's say yeah. 20 but then say you've got 5 million people in the uk have registered their interest they know that realistically they're going to sell out that arena so they're not going to sell the front row for 200 they're going to sell it and they, they are selling yeah. it for 1,500 for the two, so that's 750 quid a ticket for front row. Um, I'm thinking for 1,500, I could go on a two-week uh, all-inclusive holiday for that. Um, you know, and you could you could potentially go for two people for that price. I mean, I love my wrestling, and the ultimate dream for us is to go to WrestleMania. And you look at these WrestleMania packages, and they're between two and three grand, but they put your accommodation, uh, flights and transfers, uh, luggage and things like that. I'd much rather save up my money for a WrestleMania and go over to the States. Yeah, it's great that it's coming to the UK, but I do think in a way they are taking advantage of the British fans and how much they're winning. You know, they go, oh, we're treating the British fans. We've listened to you. We're going to have a show come over every year. But it's going to get to a point where they're taking the mick. You know, you, you'll look at AEW. You're pricing people be, out of the market. 100%. You've got AEW coming over, and I dare say in the next couple of weeks, and AEW will be keeping an eye on the pricing as well and what people are tweeting about it. You know, they'll have Fulham's uh, Craven Cottage Stadium and it can fill, what, 20,000, 30,000 people in there. And the tickets will be reasonably priced. Yeah, front row will probably be 
two, three hundred quid. But then you're up in the rafters. You probably look in the 30, 40, but they will be reasonably priced to go there. I guarantee that with AEW, it'll probably be a lot more reasonable. Um, but with WWE, with them shipping over a premium live event, I think they are taking advantage a little bit of the British fans and our passion for it. And they're like, yeah, we're coming over because the fans are passionate and their chants are great. No, you're coming over because, um, you know, you look at... You're going to make a the, lot of money from it. Clash at the Castle was like one of the all-time best-selling pay-per-views of all time because of because they knew what they were doing. They've got a good marketing team. But, you know, if you look at it as like a business head, they know exactly what they're doing. Um, but I will keep an eye out for tickets. If I can get a reasonable one, I will go. But I am not spending the money at the moment that they're, they're currently advertising with your tickets. You know, a grand for literally two days in London. I could I could go on a two-week holiday for that. So it's just not feasible, I don't think. No, absolutely. And I think, again, just going back to Clash, we had our we had our experience last year with Clash. And as fantastic as it would be to go to money in the bank which it absolutely would be and if we had the opportunity I'm sure we would but I almost don't feel as bad about it I would have been more gutted about it if the tickets were reasonably priced and we didn't get a chance because they'd sold out by the time we got through the online queue or something like that I'm not actually looking at the price I'm not actually that gutted that we probably won't be going just because I'm quite happy thinking well the money that I have got, I do need to spend that on important things. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Easter's, so, Easter's coming up, Taryn. You need to get those eggs. Oh, we need a chocolate egg. Of course we do. Yeah, my son will need a chocolate egg as well. The cost of living's gone up. Food prices got gone up. They're probably yeah. 20 quid an egg these days for something that was a couple <laughs> of quid a few years back. So, no, I think the right. golden goose with it is if we hadn't had um, Clash at the Castle and we hadn't gone to Clash at the Castle, then we would have had more of a hunger to go, right, I cannot miss money in the bank. Yes, absolutely. But I'm actually excited because even if I watch on WWE Network, we're realistically going to see who's winning both money in the banks, um, you know, between seven and 10 o'clock in the evening. Whereas if we stayed up to watch it, we're looking at anywhere between one and five in the morning. So even if we go there or we don't go there, we're still going to enjoy it. We're still going to be hyped for it and excited for it because, you know, it's one of those ones we can actually watch at a reasonable time on a Saturday night. So happy days. Fantastic. Speaking of premium live events, we have just come off the back of one on Saturday just gone. Oh. It was the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view coming from Canada. It's Canada itself. Um, did you stay up? No, you didn't, Joe. No, I got up in the morning and watched it. And I don't know. These premium live events—they just—they're on too late for me. They start like twelve. It's a Saturday, o'clock. Joe. We're not Sundays anymore. You don't have to be up for work the next day. I know. I, I just can't stay up that late. I'm just getting old now. I have to wake up watching the morning. Answer this question for me, Joe. Why, if you don't stay up in the morning, uh, sorry, if you don't stay up in the evening to watch it, you get up in the morning to watch it. Why do you read the results beforehand when you're just about to sit down and watch it? Why spoil the surprise, Joe? You're just about to watch it. Get get your bowl of cornflakes, get your coffee, and sit down spoiler-free, whack the network on, and just watch it. Why do you need to read the results beforehand? Same question to you, Daniel. I can answer it perfectly well. You know, I just want to know. There was, if it's a WrestleMania, you know what? I'm turning everything off. I want to know. And, okay, with the main event, it is one of these ones that was very well built up. But... To be honest, I'm happy reading the result. There was five matches. I read what happens and go, okay, do I need to skip this match? Was this match really crap? So, see, for example, we had Bianca Belair versus Ruby Ruby Riot, right? 
Ruby Soho or um, I'm thinking mixed brands. Sorry, I'm watching AEW at the same time. So I'd say we had um, Bianca Belair versus Liv Morgan. Say, for example, I read the results. It said it went 20 minutes. They did holds for 18 of those minutes and then it ended with a finisher. Do I need to watch that? No, I'm going to skip that. I'm sorry. What's the point? I'm not going to bother. Um, but I read the results. I'm like, okay, X, Y, and Z happened. Fair enough. It's worthwhile trudging through it. Um, you know, if they said we watched the Elimination Chamber match, it was an absolute cluster spot fest. I probably would have skipped quite a lot of it. You know, I could make a three-hour pay-per-view go about an hour then. So I think that's the general logic behind reading the results. But like a WrestleMania, a Royal Rumble, I will try and stay spoiler-free because it's that surprise element. I think, like I said on last week's podcast, Elimination Chamber was probably one of the most predictable pay-per-views in terms of their cards and what the results were going to be and I think it will reflect in our scores this week as well um, with the mixed bag I think we all pretty much got like three out of five if I remember um, yeah, I so have already very... calculated them it is rather close yeah, <laughs> let's it's, put it's, it that way very predictable show and that's why I read the results I know what I'm going into and it got to a stage I watched half of Elimination Chamber and then I went out and did my weekly shop and then I came back and watched the rest of it so I knew what I was expecting whereas if you watch it all the way through, I could have just wasted three hours of my time for no reason. But, you know, I've got a good memory. I know what happened. And I actually, you know, I did I did enjoy the the, the show. Um, but that's why I read the results, because it lets me know whether I need to skip some certain stuff, because what's the point? Fair enough. I'll let you off. We are going to break down each match anyway, as we always do, and have a look how well we did on oh. our predictions for our um monthly pay-per-view prediction competition. But Joe, your general consensus on the show? Very good. I was saying to Dan, I was like, at the end of um, Elimination Chamber, I was like, I really enjoyed that. There wasn't like a match that I thought I was like really bored. Like it, it had my attention the entire way through. As Dan said, we had a break about halfway through the pay-per-view, but every match I thought was really good. A lot, everything made sense. All the storytelling made sense. All the endings made sense. So I was very happy with it. Fantastic. Well, let's have a look at it then. We will go in match order because why not? That's how it happened on the evening. And we kicked off with, rather predictably, as we probably thought it would do, the first of two Elimination Chamber matches. We had the WWE Raw Women's Championship number one contenders match where the winner would get to face the, the, uh, I was going to say their respected brand champion. It's not. It was Bianca Belair, wasn't it? Because Charlotte Flair's already got an yeah. opponent. Um, but at WrestleMania, WrestleMania 39, so we had Asuka, Carmella, Liv Morgan, Natalia, Nikki Cross, and Raquel Rodriguez. So, I'll start with you then, Dan. We Who did we have to start with? Was it... Oh, God, who started in the match now? Was it... Raquel, no, she came in, didn't she? I can't remember. Nikki Cross, Natalia, Natalia. Natalia. That was it. That the the home country hero of Natalia, um, (laughs) looking as lovely as ever against Liv Morgan. She's got a new hat, Taryn. She does have a new hat. She comes down with that uh, peaky blinders, flat cap type thing on. Um, Yeah, yeah. she had a haircut. She's the locker room leader. She certainly is the veteran. Give us your uh, give us your thoughts then on what went down. Yeah, I thought it was good. You know, there was the kind of like winding up of each um, when people were going in, they're walking past the pods and they're winding each other up. And then you had Asuka, she was there winding everyone up, and Nikki Cross banging on things and annoying people. Um, I think overall it started off quite well. You know, you've got two favourites in there, um, 
the favourite of the crowd because it's um, a Canadian crowd. And then you've got Liv Morgan, who I'm, I'm not really a big fan of the way her character is going. The evil is mine. The evil is mine. Um, but no, generally, I mean, it started off quite well. Good grabs. Um, they utilised the cage to their advantage. I was saying to Joe, it seemed like on the outside of the Elimination Chamber, um, it was obviously padded mats where it used to be chained. And it looked a lot smaller. Um, didn't really seem like you'd be using the chamber as much as, as you usually would. There was a lot more in-ring action than outside action. Um, I think you really got to wait until all six people are in the match before you start seeing the high spots where they can help and catch people. They utilise climbing on top of the, the cage and smashing the, the, uh, the bulletproof glass that's easy to kick through. Um, the bulletproof glass. The plexiglass. They say oh, it's bulletproof glass. glass and then somebody breaks it every single time. And it doesn't shatter like glass. It bloody folds in like plastic. <laughs> it's literally it's literally plastic. The plastic that you do in like, you know, when you're in school and you have to carve plastic to make like a key ring and stuff. It's the same stuff. Um, yeah. But ultimately it was good. I mean, I, I enjoyed both of them. I, we actually rewatched the 2022 one with Brock Lesnar in Saudi with the Austin Theory where he just eliminates everybody really quickly. So both matches were quite substantial. But the women's match, I've got to be fair, they all put in a really good show in. I think it started with the right two people um, and ultimately ended the right way as well. Um, so I was generally overall happy with it. And I, if you ask me which one I preferred, I, I'd probably put them on both on par with each other. I think they both gave each other a good show in. And Asuka was the person who I picked to win it. Um, and ultimately, it gives a really good dynamic, especially what we saw on Raw with a dribbling like blue goo. How it's going to be moving on from there. <laughs> yes. I no, I I agree with everything that, that you said there. I I did enjoy the um the women's match more than I thought I was going to. I slight spoiler for when we got to the men ones. I think I did prefer the men ones ever so slightly, but there wasn't much in it. Um, I just the only thing that I thought about, and it was nothing to do with the women's match itself, because I did think it um with the men's as well. But obviously, the women's match was on first of the two chambers. I, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I just, I just don't like the new style chamber. Yeah. You know, it's very, very much square redesigned. I, I know why they've done it. I know the past chamber was an absolute pain to put up transport. It was heavier. It was just a very, very awkward. This is a lot more compact. It fits the ring better. It's easier to move, maneuver and, tram- and, and transport as well. So I get it. I completely get it. But there was something about the old chamber that just looked a lot more menacing. It looked, well, first of all, it looked like it hurt more and it did because it was like the corrugated steel, wasn't it? The floor, yeah. whether this looks like it's a lot more, not padded, but more of like a wooden flooring. Um, the shape, just obviously with it looking big, you know, bigger looks more menacing as well. Um, and, you know, certainly the first couple of pods, uh, first couple of chamber matches, should I say, the pods weren't this flexy, plexy, plasticky stuff as well. So, you know, I know it's all about safety as well as, you know, being easier um, to transport. But. I so much, I so much prefer the original chamber I agree. over this one. So, so I, much more. I agree with you, Eric main, Bischoff's creation. The main reason is coming out of um, Elimination Chamber. Do you remember twenty years ago when they came out of Elimination Chamber? RVD had blown out his knee. Everybody else couldn't really wrestle because they were so battered up. It was like they just come out of the hell in the cell. They were battered and bruised it? for like weeks. But coming out of this year's Elimination Chamber, who was the most battered and bruised person? Out of the entire show, Sami Zayn, and what type of match do you have? 
yeah. just had a normal singles match. You're thinking, hang on a minute, there was two chamber matches, and like Bronson Reed's doing little comedy skits backstage about modelling with the Alpha Academy, and they're all just having a fun time. Seth Rollins is laughing about Logan Paul and fanning around with his little jackets. And you're thinking, you've just come out of one of the most med- supposed to be the medicine structure. You know, you've got Wade Barrett and you've got um, Booker T and all of them going, oh, I've been in that chamber. It changes your career. And you're like, does it, does it really change your career, though? Because you had Carmella jumping in pods that weren't being used, hiding from people. And you've got a massive WWE logo on the top of it. It looks like a toy. I much prefer the old one because they came yeah, out of it and they were damaged like for that, weeks. Yeah. yeah. Thoughts on the match yeah. then, Joe? Yeah, seems that I thought it was really good. Um, I thought Carmella had a really good um, show. And as Dad said, like, she was, like, really, like, being, like, the chicken shit heel. She was, like, teasing people. And then when they finally, like, got out of the pods and, like, chasing her, like, she was hiding. Um, I thought she had a really good show. And obviously, I was surprised she was near the end. I thought she would be one of the first people eliminated. So I thought she had a really strong showing, considering she hasn't been back for very long. I felt sorry for a bit. For like Liv Morgan because I don't know what's wrong. Yeah. She just can't really like seem to gain momentum. Everyone else, they did their jobs. Obviously, Asuka went in, which we all said, but yeah, I was pretty happy with it overall. Fantastic. Do you well, think? Well. I'll ask you guys a question. Do you think? I know Liv Morgan's obviously she's trying to go for the big spots, but with that spot, do you think it would have been better if they put somebody relatively unknown in there, like a returning Piper Niven or a Tegan Knox? or even a Dana Brooke, they got more to fight for. Whereas you look at every single, like Liv Morgan, she won Money in the Bank, and then she is like one of the favourites for the Royal Rumble. And then she's in like loads of different title matches. And then every single SmackDown, she's like one of the top women. You get kind of fed up a bit, like they're forced, the fans have kind of gone, she's a favourite. Okay, let's force her down everyone's throat. Do you think really with that spot, we all knew that Liv Morgan was not going to win that match. She's not going to WrestleMania the face. Bianca Belair for the championship. It just doesn't make sense. Do you think it would have made more sense for like a Piper Niven or a Tegan Knox to have that spot? Yeah, it's, it's six and two threes, isn't it? It's you can see why they've put her in. You know, they're they're not necessarily wanting to sell pay per views anymore because it is more Peacock and the network, isn't it? But, but you know what I mean. They're still selling a show in the fact that they want people to tune in. So you want recognisable stars in there. It makes sense to have somebody like Liv Morgan in because she is still upper mid card of the women's division. So you you need that particular type of talent in there. I agree with you, however, in that sense. I would have liked to have seen Piper Niven in this, especially since she'd just come back. I mean, has she done anything since the Rumble? Has she been on Raw? She's been doing this little feud with... um... Candice Array, where she was like, don't ever cost me a chance to go for the title. And she's just basically right, being, a, okay. being a heel, being a bully. Basically like Nia Jax used to be, like, like she's big and she's bullying people. Uh, she has I, been on telly every week. Yeah, I, I think that... Yeah, look at it look at it two ways, and I'm just using Piper Niven as an example like you did. You, you, could pick, you could pick five, six, seven different different women, but let's use Piper Niven. Um, you, you, there's arguments for what's the point of her being in the match because she's not going to win it anyway yes Liv Morgan isn't but at least people know Liv Morgan in that sense she brings a bit of star power and quality to to the match um so what's the point of having Piper Niven in there if she's only going to lose anyway will people look at it and go well here's somebody who's 
new to an extent. Let's forget the dewdrop side of things. She's, you know, repackaged as well, repackaged herself. She's got back to what she is. But for the casual viewer, she's been yeah. repackaged. Um, which she she's no good. She's brand new and she's just coming and she's just lost straight away. How boring. But at the same time, you could quite easily have put her in and given her a really good showing. She was never going to have won it. But maybe maybe you know get eliminated third maybe even eliminate somebody else and then you know it doesn't harm her so i can see arguments for both sides i i I can i don't know whether if i was booking it whether i would have put her in or put somebody like liv morgan i probably would have put liv morgan in personally for the reasons that i just said but I could absolutely understand why somebody like Fabian should have got in. Very much in, if we look at it in contrast to the men's match, you could say Bronson Reed. He's he's new in the sense that he's come back. He's not known to anybody really outside of the NXT fold for your casual viewer. To you know, for most people, for a lot of people that were watching that, that were just round at their friend's house or was only just maybe getting back into wrestling, would have switched on Elimination Chamber and seen Bronson Reed for the first time. And said, you know, who, who's that? Because he wasn't at the Rumble. If you only really follow the pay-per-view side of things casually, uh, or you were just at a friend's house watching it, you wouldn't have known who Bronson Reed is. He had a very, very good show in, in the men's good. match. So, yeah. yeah, I agree with you in the sense of that. They could have done that for the women's match. So, you know, arguments for both sides. It makes no difference at all anyway, because we had our winner. We had Asuka. And... Predictably, we all predicted Asuka to win. And I think it's the right choice. We said that before, and this is why we were going with her. I, I, nothing against Bianca Belair, but I, I hope Asuka beats her at WrestleMania. We need that, you know, new, new, new from New Japan type persona of Asuka to carry it. I'd even, I mean, she's a bit of a tweener, isn't she? She is face at the moment. At the moment, wouldn't surprise me if they turn her a bit more heel to, um, yeah. before WrestleMania. I think she should be. I'd like to see a heel as Grizz champion. So, whilst predictable, I'm not against the fact that they went that way. Well, it's getting back to like nobody's ready for Asuka. Everybody's scared of Asuka in the past few years. Nobody really cares. She's been she's been beaten by Carmella. She's been beaten by Nikki Cross. She's losing to everybody. Damage control were pinning her. Everybody, you know, it used to be the case all through NXT. Nobody could beat Asuka. And, and Asuka had to vacate the NXT Women's Championship because literally nobody could beat her. She got called up the Raw. And they kind of lost that. You know, it used to be she was the final boss, you know, not to take anything away from Mako Satamora, but she was the person to beat. Like when Charlotte Flair beat her at WrestleMania, everyone's like, well, that's the first time she's ever been beaten in the company. And then ever since then, bit of a downward spiral she did the kabuki warrior stuff and kind of spun around with it but it is good that they're moving her back now and she is a main eventer she's a main eventer of wrestlemania she's first ever royal rumble winner and by winning the elimination chamber she's the first woman to win money in the bank um royal rumble and an elimination chamber so she's definitely making history she's going to be a hall of famer and when if i put down on a bit of paper that it was going to be asuka versus Bianca Belair, and we said it six years, six months ago, we'd all been hyped for it and said, yeah, that is a WrestleMania quality match. They'll go out there, they'll go for 20 minutes and it'll be an absolute, absolute barn burner. And I think it is, it, to me, it's a little bit harder to predict who's going to win that match um, because Bianca Belair, she's held it for full calendar year. Um, but it'd be interesting to see the story they're telling. They're doing this whole spooky stuff that she's dribbling blue stuff and she's going a little bit more crazy and a little bit more evil um, but I think it is the right way to go and for six weeks now building it up 
I'm intrigued every week to see how they move it forward. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, Joe. Uh, now I'm going to throw it over to you because I made uh, the worst prediction possible. I really uh, thought they were going to go down this route. I said for anybody who didn't listen to last week's, and if not, why not? But I said last week, I didn't think the match was even going to take place. Somebody was going to take somebody out whilst they were walking down the ramp and beat the other one up. So the match would get called off so they could have the rubber match, the third match at WrestleMania. We now know that that's potentially not taking place because, of course, as soon as we recorded that, the day before the pod went live on Friday, Bray Wyatt challenged the winner of the match at WrestleMania. (laughs) And on Raw this week, Omos has challenged Brock Lesnar in a match we all want to see at WrestleMania. My good Lord. Anyway, so the match happened, Joe. Um, what are your thoughts on the match? And what are your thoughts specifically on the ending, the fact that it ended by a disqualification? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Brock Lesnar's got to keep strong and you've got to keep Bobby actually strong. They're both, they're both world beaters. They're both, like, they're both, like, undefeatable. You know, you can't defeat them. So, like, are they, how are you going to end the match with I look, you know, one looking weaker than the other. I think a DQ finish is probably the best way to do it. Like, I would like the, you know, they've had like proper matches before, but again, you need to keep them both strong going into WrestleMania season. And obviously, they they want to keep them both strong going into that. So, I could kind of see why they did it. Like, I don't even know why they had the match to be honest, because they could have just skipped this and just told the story on. Raw anyway, they could have just gave more time to other matches, but it was only it does, five minutes, so... It does oh well. make you wonder if they are going to have a fourth match, just not at Mania now, maybe wait till SummerSlam, because what was the point of that? If if you're going to do that and then it's disqualification, surely you would think, well, they are going to have a fourth match at Mania, because the feud can't end like that. They'll have a no old bar, no disqualification at WrestleMania, like they love doing these things with Lesnar. But, because they're now going down a different route, Dan, it, is slightly confusing. Yeah, I think, well, you watch the match and it got the case where Bobby Lashley was putting in the hurt lock, but Brock Lesnar's traps are so big, can he actually lock it in? And he did lock it in. And the hurt lock's supposed to be very similar, like the master lock, you can't break it. Um, and the only way he could break it is to get disqualified. But the previous two weeks, Brock Lesnar was chasing this match. I want you, Bobby. I want to face you. I want to show that I can beat you. But to me, it tells a story that Brock Lesnar realises that he can't beat Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley is the stronger person but there's rumors now that it's moving no he's already to... beaten him it's one one well it's two it wasn't really though was it because it was kind of just like a cheap roll yeah he can't definitively beat him like you know he's knocked out in the center but brock lesnar used to be this character that took john cena to suplex city he beat randy orton in less than two minutes he beat kofi kingston in 14 seconds for the wwe title he's one of these guys that can beat anybody like joe said he can smash anybody um but it's kind of showing now that bobby lashley is the person he, he is the kryptonite of brock lesnar so we're moving on from that storyline now. We can kind of see it. He had to get disqualified. He's changing subjects. But there's rumours that it's going to be the Wyatt Six versus the Hurt Business, potentially, at um, WrestleMania. Or they're just going to do Bray versus Bobby. But the mind games and stuff, they'll be all good. But Bobby Lashley has the personality of beige paint. So it'd be interesting to see how they move that forward over the next coming weeks. You know, having a nice piece like a MVP um, hype in the match and getting spooked at Bray, by Bray Wyatt could be pretty cool. 
Um, but, you know, it, it's up in the air. I know that they say that the card is a lock, but it's nice to actually see matches moving more towards WrestleMania and we're seeing that actual card develop now. Um, I'm fine with Omos versus um, Brock Lesnar if it does happen, because um, over last year we had Bobby Lashley versus Omos. Ultimately, you need to build up new new stars. You know, if it's the case that Omos gets a win over Brock Lesnar, how good will that it's make very, him look? It's just very stop-start with Omos, though, isn't it? If you're pushing him, then just push him whether we like it or not. We didn't like for years Reigns being pushed. We didn't like for years Cena being pushed, for example. Do you know what I mean? So if you're not going to push him, push him. He gets into a feud, wins or loses, disappears for six weeks. I think you need a bit of traction on him. So you either need to go, do we put a title on him, like a US title or an Intercontinental title? Do we have him like he was with AJ Styles, and he's the tag guy and he's the big muscle? Do we have him that he's like the diesel, he's the bodyguard? So many different ways you could use him. You know, does Baron Corbin use him to get out of his losing streak? Different things you could do with him. Um, but I think he isn't really, a mate, he's not a mate guy. He's not a guy who's going to be talking and doing promos. That's what he's got MVP for. But if you've got him as the prize fighter, use him as a prize fighter. Have him collect championships. But he's going nowhere near titles. He's not going anywhere near the US or Intercontinental title. Okay, one's by, with Gunter, um, and I forget what, and Austin Theory, Austin Theory. he's got the other. But it could be the case. Austin Theory um, does an open challenge. Four people come out, and he could easily get the belt. Because, you know, we're saying if he's facing Cena, it wouldn't make sense for him to take the US title into Mania. You might as well free that up. So why not transition that across to him? Makes more sense. But in terms of having him as a test with Brock Lesnar, you know, you do need to give these people the test of can they get over and are they good on the big stage? Because you have on a press conference and you big you see the big seven foot four Omos coming in. He is somebody that will turn heads. He is uh, somebody that he passes the airport test. We need to build new stars and he is a new star. So I think it's one of these ones watch it will he be you know the next batista or will he be the next fandango i think we just need to wait and see with him well either way when it came to our predictions only one person successfully picked bobby lashley and that was joe doesn't matter that it was via disqualification joe you were right oh. uh dan and jamie both went with lesnar and i went with no match at all to happen so oh. more fool me yeah more fool you so then, Joe, we have the mixed tag team match then, which, spoiler alert, again, out of the way now, none of us predicted correctly. It was, all of us got this wrong. We all said that the Judgment Day would beat Edge and Beth Phoenix. And sense. Edge and Beth <laughs> Phoenix beat the Judgment Day then, Joe. Yeah, like, obviously Rhea Ripley is facing Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. You would have thought you'd keep Rhea Ripley strong going into WrestleMania. Like, why are you losing into... No offense to Beth Phoenix and Edge, like two has been two, you know, they're they're getting towards the end of the career. Like you would have thought this would be an exhibition match where like Judgment Day would be dominant. And and you know, you could still attack Edge on Raw, like Finn Balor didn't seem like I want to match a WrestleMania. Like it you don't need to win you don't need to win again a judge an elimination chamber. Like it makes no sense. I mean and Rhea Ripley kind of had an interview with Dominic Mysterio on Raw went, oh yeah, it doesn't matter that I lost to to the judge, uh, to Edge of Beth Phoenix at Elimination Chamber. I'm still going to beat Charlotte at WrestleMania. I'm like, but I, I think it does matter. You know, she needs to look strong and I don't know, it's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. The only reason I think it makes sense is you've got 
three Canadians that are wrestling at that pay-per-view. You've got Natalia, she's not going to win the Elimination Chamber match. You've got Beth and Edge, who are both Canadian. They're, they're in a match. And then you've also got Sami Zayn. One of the three needs to win a match. So I think that's probably the logic around it. You need to send the fans home happy. And then it is set up afterwards where we're having the US title match. Edge coming on a high going, oh, well, I just won this match. So I'm going to go for the US title. Um, you know, they can continue that with Finn Balor then interfering. But um, Rhea Ripley can basically go, well, I'm going to be on SmackDown and I'm going to confront Charlotte Flair. And we kind of just have to forget about it now. Um, so in a way, you think, OK, the Canadians won this match. Um, but ultimately... It, it all signs weighed up that it would have made more sense for Rhea Ripley to win because they need to build her up. But if anything, she is the person to beat at the moment. She is like the alpha woman in that in that division. Um, but yeah, it was a weird one. Uh, but if you look back and see that they're both Canadians, I suppose it makes sense because you need to give them the whole home field advantage and get the win. Decent match though. It was okay. Um, they did it. They hit a shatter machine for the win. Uh, homage to FTR, the revival, which hits more and more to are the revival coming to WWE? What's going on with that? Um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the match. I thought it had a lot of back and forth. I, went, I thought it went on a little bit longer than I would have wanted it to, but no, I'm happy with it. I think it was a good match. Fantastic. When we come on to the second of the two Elimination Chamber matches, this time a title being defended within the Chamber, the oh. WWE United States Championship. We had Austin Theory defending against Bronson Reed, Damien Priest, Johnny Gagano, Montez Ford, and Seth Franklin Rollins. Oh. Johnny Gagano again getting absolutely no reaction on the way out to the ring. Thank God redeemed himself slightly within the actual match itself with a few spots that I'm sure we'll go over. Um, but yeah, I, I know what we said earlier about the Elimination Chamber has been slightly apart. To me, this one did slightly tip over more because of the spots. I mean, we had, what was that? Like that Hurricane Rana type head plant oh, Frankensteinery type thing on Bronson Reed. Dear God, yeah. that could have spelled disaster. That was a yeah. good spot. And then, of course, we have the, was it, oh, I'm trying to think back now, was it like a powerbomb type thing from Rollins and Gagano at the top of the pod onto everyone that almost like, Turned into a bit of a hurricane ranery type. Yeah, the one hurricane yeah. off and he was caught by Damien Priest, where the one who's been um, hurricane was caught by the other uh, two or three people. Um, but you would almost you needed to pretend like you didn't see Damien Priest waiting at the bottom of the cage to of catch course, him. Yeah. But then we had that ultimate spot of Montez Ford at the top pretending he's Spider Man, then letting go of the cage and falling down Brilliant. on everybody. Brilliant. And this is what this is alluding to what we were talking about earlier with people perhaps being in the match that wouldn't normally be in the match. And here's your prime example, even more so than Bronson. You know, Montez Ford, a, a tag team wrestler, getting the spotlight on him slightly by getting to compete, well, as a single star within a multi-man match, for example. And, you know, people were coming out of that match praising Montez Ford, and, and rightly so. You know, I think it is only a matter of time before... They do in a, a split between them. I'm not necessarily saying before WrestleMania, but I think maybe towards the end of this year, beginning of next year, will be when we get to see the split um, with Montez Ford ultimately coming out of it as the baby face. And, you know, I don't like predicting things that are, you know, unjustified or negatives towards any, anybody else. But I think Montez Ford, if, uh, and who's to say how far his career will go, but, you know, directly out of 
the feud of the, the split when it eventually happens. You know, he'll be the Shawn Michaels. He won't be the Marty Jannetty. And then who oh, yeah. who knows how much of a Shawn Michaels he'll be after that. But, you know, unfortunately. But, yeah, the match itself for the spot slightly tipped it over for me. If not still predictable, Joe, on who the winner eventually was. Yeah, um, I'm assuming you guys, this was like, uh, apart from the event, this was like my second favourite match. They said there was lots of like cool little spots like from the top of the chamber, like teaming up on Austin Theory. Um, I thought Bronson Reed had a really good match. He was an ultimate destroyer. Like it took it took Seth Rollins, Johnny Gilgano and Monty S4 to both like triple like super kick him to like get rid of him. So I thought he was very impressive. Again, Montez Ford, like somebody you didn't think would be in the match, like a really good show in. And that stomp he took from Seth Rollins, I was like, oh my God, that looked horrible. And then he was laid out on the floor. You're like, oh, he, he's, he actually looks like he's really hurt. But obviously that that led on to the end of the match. You're like, oh, okay. So that's the reason why they did that. But like, you actually thought, oh, he, he could actually be really hurt here. So it, there was really good storytelling. There was like little like spots in there, but everything made sense. As Dad said, there was there's some bits of it where you kind of had to like pretend you didn't see like the wrestlers waiting for the spots but I don't think it was too obvious obviously me and dad noticed because we watched it for you know 20 plus years at this point but I thought it was really good can I just say I probably should get an extra point as well because I said <laughs> Logan Paul would return in this match and cost Seth Rollins I said Seth Rollins and Austin Theory would be the final two and Logan Paul would cost Seth Rollins the match nope. and it exactly happened No, if I can't get a point for Pat McAfee coming out of the Royal Rumble you can't get a point for that Fair enough, no points to anybody but ultimately we all picked Austin Theory I think it was the right decision it sets up the Cena match Cena is returning on Raw which is stupid that they've announced it in advance is it is it next Monday or the um, Monday after Monday after Monday Eight after the down, yeah, down. Um, <laughs> and as I said as long as Theory beats Cena at Mania then I will go home happy Not I think he will I be there. it's the case he's there to put over the new talent it makes no sense and as Cena's going for a 17th title it just makes no sense for them for, to do anything because again like I said they need to build new stars and to get that win very true they need to get. They need to give the guy his flowers. But Montez Ford, just to have a point on him as well, he's my early prediction for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. That will be on SmackDown the night before. <laughs> yeah, I unfortunately, but that'll be the lineup for the split. I reckon like it'll come down for Dawkins versus. Um, oh no, actually, yeah, it would come down to the two of them, and one of those will win it. I think they'll have that's to fight each other, and that starts to split. It's like, well, actually, who's the better one? Good show. The hometown boy then, Sami Zayn, was not successful against Roman Reigns for the undisputed World Heavyweight Championship of the World of the Women's Sex Division Championship, whatever they're (laughs) calling it these days. Can we just point out the fact that I think it was about six minutes from when the bell went to when they actually locked up, the crowd were on fire, reminded me very much of a British crowd um, in respect of that. Sami Zayn was so hot and on fire. And look, we I think in the arena, you had to believe that Sami Zayn was, was going to, to pick up the win. But we all knew, Dan, that there was no way Roman Reigns wasn't going into Mania to defend the title against um, 
Cody Rhodes. You know, we sorry, we all knew that was gonna happen. We all knew it yeah. wasn't gonna be Sami Zayn that was gonna do it. So the right decision from a booking standpoint occurred. Yeah, in a way, about when they started having the refs taking the bumps and people ran, you could kind of see it going a bit carny and seeing the way where yeah. it was going. You're like, okay, I can see how they're planning to put in the screw. And I think it was right that Kevin Owens came out after the match and he wasn't in the corner during the match because he is still selling the fact that they're not friends. You know, he's disowned him. But I like that they had his wife ringside and his wife like was yes. going, you know, he loved you. He worshipped you. Why are you doing this? But then you've got Roman basically being like the prison bitch and like blowing kisses at him and stuff. And the crowd were eating it up. They were swearing at him. That'll be beat tight or signed it over. F you, Roman. It was that both the Usos were there. Oh, yeah, I'm surprised. They must have snuck it's in. It's been sorted. Money's changed hands. <laughs> they got him in. They got him in. But no solo. I think they can use solo a little bit. But it'd be interesting to see how they go with it. I thought they really were really going to use it. Jey Uso was going to be the turning point. But he didn't really do much with it. Um, but I think, yeah, ultimately the right result with it. And then on Raw, we're building Paul Heyman and uh, Cody Rhodes on the microphone, which is always, like, everyone, whenever we watch a Raw, that's all everyone's talking about, what they've all said on the microphone. And I think I've got another four or five weeks of listening to those two argue on a microphone. I'm happy. And it's moving the Sami Zayn storyline. You know, I can clearly see Sami and Kevin versus Usos. It's night one at WrestleMania. Oh, it's happening. It's happening, yeah. Of course it is. Overall... Prediction overall score, should I say, then Joe, on your A, B, C, D scale? I would say B. I I very much enjoyed this pay per view. Again, it wasn't too long. Every match, the the made sense. It didn't go too long. There was no match that I was bored with. So yeah, very very good. I'm one of the most enjoyable ones of this year. So yeah, B for me. Yourself, Dan. Yeah, I agree. It'd be as well. Um, we actually watched uh, the 2022 Elimination Chamber beforehand, um, earlier in the day, uh, before we were going out. Um, and actually, to then watch the 2023 one, leaps and bounds. Better. I know the last one was in Saudi Arabia, and it's it's a different kind of show. It's more like a WrestleMania house show. Um, but this is great. Only five matches. No matches kind of dragged. Well, one of like the Edge match was maybe a little bit longer than I'd usually expect. Everyone had a good show in. Wasn't any major botches. We didn't have to listen to Hardy. Uh, so, yeah, give it a B. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'd maybe slightly go a B minus only because of the predictability, but I don't necessarily think you can hold that from it, from, from getting a B, just because whilst predictable, it all makes sense. I would uh, may, Maybe the Judgment Day, Edge and Beth match, I would have given the Winter Judgment Day. Um, and I wasn't too thingy necessarily about the DQ finish with Lesnar, but, but as far as the win... The winners all made sense to me, apart from the mixed tag team match. And all the matches were good in both chamber matches. You know, this was the elimination chamber. Both chamber matches delivered. And it didn't matter that neither of them were the main event because we still got a quality, if not predictable, main event from it. Um, yeah. yeah, so so a B, I think I think that's probably the first time we've all been in agreement. No doubt if Jamie was here this week, he'd be going D, C minus. Um he predicted um, Sami Zayn, though, didn't he? So that's why he did, that. and he didn't get a point. And because of that, I'm happy to say that the prediction rounds now after Elimination Chamber puts myself, yourself, Joe, and yourself, Dan, all tied on nine points and Jamie on seven. Oh-ho! So our two-time pay-per-view prediction winner of 2021 and 2022 is currently in last place, I'm happy to say. 
Speaking of last place, when it comes to our quiz, myself and Jamie are on two points and Dan and Joe are each on one. However, Jamie's not here this week and Dan, you're hosting. So, Joe, can you meet me on two or will I extend my lead till three? It's time for our end of episode quiz. Dan, what have you got for us? It is. Well, seeing as we've just watched Elimination Chamber 2023, the quiz is on Elimination Chamber 2023. So I hope you were paying attention while you were watching it. Oh, every question... uh, now I did watch it live, so I was very tired. That's okay. A lot of them are very predictable and very... I think it's it's very gettable this one. And if you're paying attention, you should realistically you may get ten you both may get ten out of ten. But I do have a tiebreaker if you do. Um oh, so let's see how you go. Number one, nice and easy. We know that it was in Montreal. Um, but what was the name of the arena for the twenty twenty three elimination chamber? What arena was it in? What what arena was it in? Yeah. Right, okay, I think I know. They that. said it loads, to be fair. Oh, right, yes. No, yeah, I think I know. Perfect. Number two. What was the last pay-per-view that happened in Montreal for WWE? I'll give you three options. So the last pay-per-view in Montreal for WWE. Was it Bragging Rights, Breaking Point, or Money in the Bank? I'm not, I don't need Ooh. a year. That's the next okay. question. So I just need which one. Uh, bragging rights, breaking point money in the bank. So yeah, number three, and what year was that show in? So what year was the last time WWE had a pay per view in Montreal? You could probably right, work okay. it out by the names of bragging rights, breaking point money in the bank. You could probably yeah, I, th- I think so. I think so. Okay, <laughs> Easy. I'm going to be one or two years out. Put it that way. That's okay. Number four. What was the shortest match on this year's card? And question number five, what was the longest match? That seems and there was, quite there obvious was two of them. There was two of them that were literally a minute and a half in between them. Oh, God. Well, I'll go with that one. One was like 31 minutes, one was like 32 minutes. <laughs> so it is quite tough, actually, this one. Okay, go with that. Number six, who was the first person eliminated in the women's elimination chamber? I'm feeling all right so far. Oh, good. Well, you watched it, you know. Well, it's I like did. A test. So when you know when they show you a video and they say, "Oh, make sure you pay attention." There's a test at the end. Let's go to pop quiz. <laughs> Number seven. We love a pop. What do they call? Joe, what do they call quizzes in America? They don't call them pub quizzes. Bar trivia. Trivia. They call them bar. Bit of the old triv. When I'm watching like Parks and Rec, they're like, "Yeah, we're going to the park trivia, man." Like, it's, it's, it's pub quiz. It's, it's clearly a pub quiz. Anyway, number seven, Bronson Reed was the first person eliminated in the US title elimination chamber. But who eliminated Bronson Reed? Who was the person who got the pinfall on Bronson Reed? Yeah. Um, bit of a random one. Number eight, what colour was Seth Rollins's tights or trousers on the show? Seth Rollins pants. They call them pants but a, in America. But a, but a bit of trim, a bit of trivia. Yeah. Johnny Gargano's um, trunks and boots were themed after the Australian kids' cartoon Bluey, which is very popular now. <laughs> and it's very popular in our household as well. With I've our never baby, heard of now, baby boy. Blue. Oh, it's fantastic. And do you know what? It's actually really good for adults because there's so many like adult references in there. Not rude, you know what I mean? Just things that only yeah. adults would get. Um, it's very good. But any like any of our listeners, we kids. Like recess, back for us, back well, in the day. That type of humor, yeah, but they are dogs. Oh. 
I'll oh. send you a link afterwards anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, number nine. Who were the commentators for the show? So it's two commentators. You get a point if you get both. It's very easy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming you both have written that down quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, I'll tell you, what, I'll give you a point for each. Can you name me the two ring announcers? There was a Raw ring announcer and a SmackDown ring announcer. Can you name the Raw and the SmackDown ring announcer that were ring announcing? Obviously, the one got a lot of praise um, during the Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn intro. Yes, I don't you know. See... You know what? I can't think of a name, but she proper put some feeling into that, didn't she? You could see her in the background. You could see her like proper moving or him or her proper moving and going with it. And... OK, we know it's a, we know it's a her and we know that it's Ricochet's uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. Is it? I don't even know that. Fiance, actually. Fiance. Oh, no, I know that. I know the guy. I can't think of her name. Oh, yeah, did you did you not watch the Christmas one where she kissed her in the mistletoe? Yeah. Do I have to give her surname? I think I can yeah. remember her first name. Oh, well, I'll put her first name. But all right, okay. And you can't put, like, Mrs. Ricochet. Yeah, no, that. I that. Right, okay. It is answer time. Number um, one. Who was, what was the name of the arena for the Elimination Chamber? Joe? Bell Centre. The Bell Centre. It was the Bell Centre. Number two. What was the last pay-per-view in Montreal for WWE? Taron? I don't think it was Money in the Bank, so it was either Breaking Point or, did you say Bragging Rights? Mm-hmm. So it's bound to be the one I didn't go for, but I went with Breaking Point. And Joe? Breaking Point. It was Breaking Point. Well done. Oh, happy days. Um, and what year was that show in, Joe? 2016. Oh, wow. And um, Taron? I went much earlier. I went 2009. It was 2009. Oh, I'll tell, do you know what? Oh, I, oh. I put 2010 and crossed it out. <laughs> <laughs> what was the shortest match, uh, Taron? I assume it was the Lesnar match and Lashley match. It's got to have only been about five minutes. Joe? Lashley Lesnar. Lashley Lesnar, yeah. Bob the Lash versus Brock the Lesnar. And what was the <laughs> longest match, Joe? I put Edge of Beth versus Judgment Day. Oh, I felt like it went on for a week. Um, and Taryn? I put the main event just because of how long it actually took him to lock up. Yeah, it was the main event. It was Roman Sammy. About what was the second? Event. What was the one that was a minute less? The men's elimination chamber. Oh, was it? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, who was the first person eliminated in the women's match? Taryn? I think it was Nikki Cross. And Joe? Nikki Cross. It was Nikki Cross. Nikki Smashing A-S-H. She's got no friends. Don't know if you, uh, if you saw her. <laughs> she, she told Candice DeRay, I'm, I'm following you and stalking you because I got no friends. You've got no fans. <laughs> you got no fans. you got no friends. Um, number seven, Bronson Reed was the first person eliminated in the US title match, but who eliminated him, Joe? Seth Rollins. Taron. I, I can't remember, so I put Montez forward. I think he only got one elimination chamber, so, uh, elimination, one elimination, so I just put him. Yeah, so basically there was um, everyone hit their finishes and then Montez Ford did a really lovely frog splash and pinned him. So it's Montez Ford. Oh, I think it's. What colour was Seth Rollins' trousers, pants, tights, however you want to call them, Joe? White gold. Tehran? I I, No, I I can't remember. I put pink. Joe's right. I I wanted just white, but they were white with streaks of gold. So, yeah. And um, who are the commentators for the show, Tehran? Was it not Cole and Graves? Joe? So, 
Yep, Colin Graves, the uh, the announcers for every pay-per-view, pretty much. So, yeah, happy days. And number 10, can you name me the two ring announcers? Um, seeing as you weren't too sure, Tom, we'll go to you first. Would you think? Well, I think I know one. Mike, is it Mike Rome, he's called? Okay. Um, but I, I, the other, I don't know a surname. I put Samantha. Joe? Uh, Mike Rome, Samantha Irvine. Ooh, do we give you a point? So it's what Mike Rome. The surname is Samantha Irvin. Oh, that's a, there's no e, there's no e on the end. But yeah, well, Joe, you're the quiz master. You can, you can decide. Joe can have that. a point on that. You can't have a point enough. for just Samantha, but Joe's close enough. You know, it's not like you said Carmelo Humes. It's no. fine. But do it's I get a point even. for your old Rome? Do I, Mike Rome? You, Mike Rome, you get a point for Mike Rome. Yeah, Joe gets two points though because he got both. But I think if I've been counting along, I think Taryn may have won this one. I got nine. Is it out of eleven? Okay. Yeah. And Joe got oh, eight. Out of interest, do you want to see the tiebreaker? Yeah, go on. We'll see. What what was the attendance? Oh, God. What was the capacity? Oh, my God. Was it sold out? If I say what was the capacity in the stadium? It was sold out. It was sold out. Um, 17,000. Joe? 18,500. Joe's closer. It's it's 17,271. So Joe's just closer. What did he say? 18,200. I thought you said 18 and a half. Oh, actually, yeah, Taryn, you'd be closer. Oh, did you, I mean, not, say, that it, not that it matters, but... <laughs> did you say 17,500 or did you say 18? No, 000? I just said 17,000. And what did Joe say? 18, 18 and a half. Oh, yeah, we no, said eight. Yeah. Taryn would be closer then, yeah. Good. So, yeah, right. I'll have it didn't matter anyway. No. It doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> Good, right, that puts me on three. I'm winning, I'm coming for you, Dan. Don't you worry. Oh, yeah, two-time champ. Absolutely. Well. Joe, I'll come to you then. Where can everybody find us on the socials? You can find us at Grapple Cast Show. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment. Uh, give us a five star review. Fantastic. I'm glad everybody enjoyed Elimination Chamber. We hope you did too. Thank you to all of our subscribers. Thank you very much for everybody who listened and to our feedback for our 100th special show as well last week. We very much do appreciate it. We will be back as normal next Friday. I don't want to test the waters too much, but there, it may be a special episode. There may be a bit of a surprise. There may not be yet. We're trying to arrange something. We will see. Keep an eye on our social media pages, on our Facebook, on our Twitter, on our Instagram for news about next week's episode. Um, but yes, thank you very much as always for joining us. And Dan, I mean, Jamie's not here. If you want, give us a, a, a sign off of some kind. Yeah, well, in in, um, in homage to Dominic Mysterio's deadbeat dad, uh, <laughs> when he debuted in 2002, he was Mr. Mysterious and he was serious and he got serious and delirious because everybody was curious. It didn't matter whether he was in a ring or trapped in a cage. He was Rey Mysterio and he got his mask back. And that's all we could ask for. And now he's going to be beaten by his son who's done time and that's coming at wrestlemania and i, ca- I yeah. can't wait he's a criminal a career criminal. he is a criminal but without further ado i say at you and i bid you adieu. goodbye ring the bell <laughs> Ring the bell.